Hey everybody, this is Rob Observations, hosted by me, Rob Liefeld, hence the name Rob Observations, cute little moniker. I started writing high school uh, uh, fan papers uh, for for APAs under the name Rob Observations when I was a teenager. I eventually did columns in Wizard Magazine called Rob Observations, in retail magazines called Rob Observations. I had a a uh, column on a website called The Spinner Rack in the early 2000s called Rob Observations. And then I decided to start this crazy podcast called Rob Observations. Um, and, and here we are. And today we are going to jump right into the thick of things and get right into our subject of the day, which is, say it together with me, multiverses. Multiverses. Verses. Uh, when I when I when I hear multiverse, I always think of there was a there was a dog commercial for dog food uh, in the early two thousands that that the dog would go multigrain multigrain because the snack and the food had multigrains in it for him. So I always kind of hear a uh, multigrain multigrain when I say anything multi, especially multiverse multiverse. What the heck is a multiverse? Okay, and why has it become the buzzworthy? word of 2020 what, what what where does it come from um what 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 does it entail what promise does it uh you know foretell and 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 what dangers lie within the word the concept the idea behind the multiverse okay so for many of you you're like multiverse yeah no i i, I get it i'm i'm totally versed in multiverse i'm a i i i pass comic books uh 101 uh, i got my thesis well, me too. I was introduced to the multiverse with my very first comic book obsession. You guys uh, have have uh, heard me. It, it, it's actually, this, this ties all the way back to my very first podcast where I talked to you about the first comic books that I picked up off the rack and the echoes of the Justice League characters that were in the pages of the Avengers called the Squadron Supreme. And instead of Batman, you had Nighthawk, okay? And, in, and instead of you know, Green Arrow, you had the Golden Archer. I mean, it, 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 you, you looked at him like, this is that character except in a, in a different uh, uh, color, uh, especially with Golden Archer. He literally was just a yellow costumed Green Arrow. There was Captain Hawk. Okay, or as they said in the, in the, in the credits, Cap'n, C-A-P apostrophe N, Cap'n Hawk. And he was quite obviously Hawkman, the amphibian was a red-haired Aquaman down to the kind of chain-mailed uh, uh, shirt that he was wearing. So the amphibian slash Aquaman. Uh, later on in the evolution of the Squadron Supreme under Marvel's direction, they would give you the Power Princess, who was, you get it, you guessed it, Wonder Woman, Power Princess. Um, you know, Dr. Spectrum was Green Lantern. He made things out of his spectrum. He could summon big fists or big giant hammers and everything that you saw Green Lantern doing in the Green Lantern comics, Dr. Spectrum was doing. They didn't make their debut in those Avengers issues, um, but but that was my introduction to this echo, uh, homage, imitation, whatever you want to call it, of the entire Justice League drawn by one of the artists who would go on to be one of my favorites in the history of comic books, George Perez. He drew an, a fantastic uh, Avengers, uh, one of his signature achievements in comics, and Neil Squadron Supreme, I think, never looked better than when he was drawing them. And in this first assignment, he was depicting this Justice League echo, and they were part of a 
plot that involved a multiverse. So there I am, totally digging on the Squadron Supreme in 1975 in the pages of The Avengers 145. And this storyline, it's the first chapter of this storyline that will introduce to me, uh, you know, at that point, I'm I'm seven years old. I'm gobbling this up, this, this storyline that would take the Avengers into another dimension, another Earth called Other Earth, okay? Other Earth, Counter Earth. Um, you know, th- these are the titles they give gave to their uh, their alternate dimension, their their gateway to what was a multiverse. And I got it. They explained it to me. I digested it. It was simple. Um, you know, even with my seven, uh, almost eight seven-year-old, almost eight-year-old capacity. I was like, okay, I get it. They've, they've shown that there's another earth in another dimension and there's a portal and and they're crossing over and the Squadron Supreme have come into our timeline and taken something and the Avengers have followed them through their timeline and now they're going to battle in that timeline. And when that is concluded, they will come back to our timeline. And in, in so many cases of multiverse stories, something has followed the other party through. So, so the Avengers who took place in the Marvel universe uh, were were battling the Squadron Supreme on the Marvel Other Earth, Counter Earth. In the first page of like um, Avengers one forty eight, they open and you see the Squadron Supreme standing over the fallen Avengers, and it says right there. Meanwhile, on Other Earth. So again, it's very spoon fed. The Stanley, the Jim Shooter. Um, uh, teachings, the, the 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 curriculum that says, you know, spoon feed your reader. You know, they need to be spoon fed, especially you don't know who is picking up your comic. You don't know how old they are. You need to tell them who these characters are and what the situation was. And right there on page one, if you were just grabbing Avengers 148 with its amazing Jack Kirby cover where he's hoisting, uh, Hyperion is, I think, it's, th- it's Iron Man that he's hoisting over his head, or maybe it's Captain America, but all the Avengers are falling at the feet of the Squadron Supreme. You're like, uh, yeah, I'll buy that. Now, I had already started buying with Avengers 145, which had a Gil Kane cover, which had the Squadron Supreme lined up on the right side and the Avengers lined up on the left side. And you're like, wait, who are these guys? Oh, again, the Wizard was the Flash. Super Speedster. I mean, th- there was not, there was no stone unturned when they were revealing with a wink wink nod nod but uh clearly no legal ramifications and 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 again i didn't think about oh my gosh how dare marvel do this now you just go oh this is cool it's kind of cool i don't know how this works it's 1975 i have the you know capacity of a seven-year-old eight-year-old i love cartoons i love comics i love toys uh there's superhero people battling each other these guys kind of look like the justice league but they're from a multiverse and other dimensional a portal plane is is the one that they exist on and that they are fighting on. So everybody, some of you guys, uh, everybody has some interaction by this time in 2020 with a, a multiverse, and you you know which was your first experience with a multiverse. Maybe it was Star Trek. Maybe it was Doctor Who. Okay, um, Doctor Who was. Uh, shown on the BBC in the late 70s, early 80s here in America. I, that, that is the only way that I was, um, I, I knew how to watch it. I only became aware of Doctor Who because of all the people who dressed up as Doctor Who at the comic conventions that I started attending in the early 80s. So when I was 12, when I was 13, that's when I had heard of this Doctor Who and I saw all the uh, merchandise, the books, 
the the novels that Marvel eventually did some comic books, but that, that you know this whole idea of time lords and interdimensional travel is in and of itself multiverse. Uh, Star Trek, the original Roddenberry, Shatner, Nimoy, uh, you know, run of Star Trek dealt dealt with multiverse issues. Now, the, in science fiction, it's it's you know a common trope that we're going to go through this portal, we're going to encounter this otherworldly thing, this or, or or maybe this familiar thing with a twist, with a lime twist that is. Um, in fact, from a multiverse. So, the, the, you know, whether it's a mirror-mirror type type effect where there's another version of you somewhere out there. And that, those are exciting. That we, Who hasn't thought of another version of us wandering on some different plane? I'm sure everybody has done some deep dives. I have heard some conspiracy theories in 2020 from people when I was standing in line at the market that I never, ever thought that I would hear. And uh, wander into your local gun store and get some ammo. And 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 if you can walk out in 15 minutes without hearing some of the very best uh, Q and on theories, then you have done something impressive. Because this is something that I have heard. And some of this stuff is very uh, interdimensional, multiverse, super weird. So it makes sense that we're now living in this uh, existence in terms of the greater pop culture, where the biggest, buzziest uh, movie events that are, that, are, that are being reported on almost every single day are themed with the multiverse. You've got Warner Brothers, AT&T, what are they called now? I, 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 I'm not sure I'm, I'm quite up to snuff, but, but they are doing a movie on The Flash, okay? And they have announced that they are going to be introducing um, aspects of the multiverse into of the DC multiverse. And to be honest, you know, while I encountered the multiverse with uh, with Marvel and the Avengers first, I will get to in just a minute that DC Comics uh, really did the multiverse earliest, and I would say the most. They exploited the multiverse uh, more than 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 I think any other. Uh, uh, comic book company over their years, which is what ultimately found them doing Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was this giant mega crossover, which some, including myself, uh, found unnecessary. But at some point, somebody at DC Editorial decided we need to clean this up. We think this is unmanageable. When I think if they had asked the fans, the fans didn't think it was unmanageable. Um, but The Flash is going to be uh, a multiverse uh, style approach, which again, the Flash has gone through different portals um, uh, m- multiple times. I mean, the the his first his encounter with the uh, golden the Silver Age, no, I think the Golden Age Flash met the Silver Age Flash, and that may be where this all kicked off. The original kind of earliest version of the Flash as a superhero in the comics wore like the Mercury helmet, the dish helmet with the wings. And he was an older guy, and uh, you know he crossed over and met with the current Barry Allen Flash, and they were off to the races and having adventures. And that carried over in the pages of DC Comics to an annual event in the Justice League every summer that fans like myself drooled over in anticipation. But so this this Flash movie, as you've read, because the reason the multiverse stuff has gotten so much uh, attention is we've got. We've got uh, rumors that Ben Affleck will be reprising, even if it's just for one scene. 
his, um, I think in, in the minds of many fans, uh, relatively too little uh, time as Batman. He was not Batman nearly enough for, for all of us. I thought he was a great Batman. I thought he was a great Bruce Wayne. I, I, I hold him in highest possible regra- regard. Um, I really wish we had gotten more time with him. With the Flash multiverse movie, if everything that we've read is true, and, and all of these reports are to be believed and accurate, that Ben Affleck will be returning as Batman, uh, putting the cowl on again. And for for people like myself who could not be more thrilled uh, that he's going to be giving us another uh, uh, performance as Batman, I, I I couldn't be more excited. I thought he I thought the role fit him perfectly. I thought he was maybe the most screen accurate uh, for for my money. Um, You know, I'm not a giant Batman fan, but he reflected the Batman, the version of the Batman that I like the most. Well, Ben Affleck is not going to be the only Batman in The Flash, as uh, Michael Keaton has been rumored to be coming back in his role that, that he originated the big screen, you know, blockbuster Batman with Mr. Tim Burton. So, so already we've got two uh, Batmans from, I mean, for, from our real life timeline of, of 1989 that runs, you know, through, uh, 1992 and, and then with Ben Affleck, we, we've got the, the, the 2016, 2017, 2018, you know, up to speed version of, of, of the most recent version, uh, of Batman, even though that Pattinson's Robert Pattinson's Batman is being filmed as we speak. So, you know, at, 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 as we are existing in 2020, there are no less than three uh, live-action uh, Batman actors that are set to portray the character over the next couple of years, which is very exciting. And so that really got fans excited. It got me excited because this is a big leap. We are, we, we've done multiverses in cartoons. We've done multiverses in live-action television. The entire CW lineup of DC Comics superhero shows last year did Crisis as best they possibly could given budgetary restraints across The Flash, across Arrow, um, across The Legends show. Uh, They they incorporated as many um, different aspects that they, they... they, you know, mixed and matched and, and, and did a, a, a television, again, facsimile, the, certainly the comic book version of, of, of Crisis on Infinite Earths is, uh, is, is, is a giant billion dollar budget vision. I mean, that is, would be one of the biggest uh, undertakings ever to put on live action. They did a great job given, I guess, the relative uh, restraints that, that television budgets bring. I thought they did a really nice job, but that is a that was a big, well-marketed, uh, high-profile, uh, high-profile uh, excursion into multiverse. So the television audience understood multiverse. And by the, you know, the Legends show uh, by, by itself with Rip Hunter and the time travel and the interdimensional portals was Vandal Savage. We're, we're already dipping our toe. They were like educating us as to how the multiverse could be digested, uh, could be pulled off. And here's the cool thing. Never before was it more successful than Into the Spider-Verse, okay? So, I mean, 
I've been kind of building up what's the news, what, what, what's all the news that, 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 that's putting multiverse on the table. And again, yes, I'm aware, a kid like myself, 1975, I had my first encounter. Then with my Star Trek shows that I watched because Shatner's uh, Shatner and Leonard Nimoy's, the, the, the original Star Trek run, was played uh, twice a day on Saturdays and Sundays here in Southern California. I would, uh, from from 5 to 6, 6 to 7, you got your Star Treks on Saturday, and then I think 4 to 5, 5 to 6 um, on Sundays. So I was always digesting Star Trek, and of course, you know, they did multiverse episodes. They'd visit planets and dimensions that were Earth in the past, and you'd see, you know, warped version uh, versions, maybe evil versions of Spock. So again, and all, along with Doctor Who, th- this stuff's always been out there, but we're talking about multiverse Today is the multiverse goes mainstream. I mean, we are full on mainstream with the multiverse in a way that I have never, ever, uh, you know, encountered it. And it's cool because people not only get it, they are excited about it. And I think everyone is in on, not necessarily the joke, but they're in on the gimmick. They're in on how to make it work. And, And it's so interesting because for years... These Hollywood movies, the biggest, most mainstream versions of of these characters. And look, I'm going to sit here and tell you right now. Look, listen. I just I want you to know from my perspective. Let's take a character like Deadpool. He's popular. He's he's driven uh, toy and comic book sales for years. I am familiar with that. As I created that character, I am interacting with that character all the time for the last 30 years. Okay. He is a super duper. Fan favorite, popular character, able to generate toy sales, video game sales, comic book sales, um, statue sales on his own. But when Ryan Reynolds depicted him, it was the most mainstream version of him. Okay, we 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 worship movies. I mean, let's be honest, we worship cinema. When cinema goes big, we view that as the absolute pinnacle. It's weird because I've seen video game versions of this stuff actually do better, but everybody doesn't play video games. There's some skill and, and and some 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 level of of interaction that, that that you have to participate in to 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 interact with the video games on the most satisfying level. Where in a movie, you turn it on, you sit back, you watch it, whether in the comfort of theaters as they used to exist or now in our homes, we put cinema at the top. So when when we're talking about multiverse going mainstream. We are talking about multiverse at the absolute most digestible across, uh, you know, every possible level to society as we currently understand it. And and where, where Hollywood used to approach this was we have to spend time with these characters. For many, many years when Hollywood would give you a superhero comic book film, no matter how familiar, let's say Peter Parker with Spider-Man, it would be of the utmost importance to let you know that he is a student, he is attending school, he has troubled relationships, he's got a strained relationship with his parental figures, he's um, you know being rejected by the girl. They want him to be relatable, 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 relatable because they want you to come in on this ground floor and the one most, I mean, the if there is a more overused word in the development of television and cinema, in Hollywood, I've never heard it. These these words are the words you're going to hear most every time, no matter who you meet with. It's trained. An executive can say it to you. A movie star will say it to you. A producer will say it to you. A director will say it to you. But how do we make it more grounded? 
more grounded. But we need it more grounded. Ground it more. It needs to be more grounded. How could we ground this more? That was the absolute uh, most important aspect of any part of any film. They want you in, in Minnesota to sit in your chair, you in Illinois and in Texas and in and 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 in Idaho to be you want they want you to relate to this guy. They want to remember that you also went to high school and you remember what it's like to sit in that classroom with that teacher that bores you and you're looking out you know outside and and, and watching you know the birds and the trees or, or the people out on the schoolyard and 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 they will want you to remember what it was feel feels like to be rejected by maybe the pretty girl and and stir your emotions so that when finally the spider bites him and he's going through this transformation and his body gets ripped and he's swinging you know a thousand feet in the air that in fact you go oh man that's cool I I I I can relate to that man. I can relate to that's how I would do it too because I'm just like that guy. They wanted you to be able to relate at the highest level, hence the word grounded. How do we make it more grounded? How do we make, how, how do we, even I mean, even in a movie like Twister, how do we make these cyclone hurricane chasers more grounded? Let's give them, you know, um, snappy banter and patter and, and, and also, you know, being in the middle of, of divorce papers and stress and can they pay their bills and are they going to make the deadline? And these are all things that are exist that exist to try and make those characters and make them more relatable to you. And I'm like, man, I, I wasn't ever a, a fighter pilot. I, I get it. Steve Austin went up, he crashed. They put bionics in him and he became the $6 million man, which was a super juiced up robotic kind of cyborg version of James Bond and I follow him on on his adventures um and he wore cool hip 70s fashion and and he battled all manner of threats I I, I sometimes think that grounded is 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 oversold and 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 Star Trek I'm not sure when Star Trek came out I don't think I turned it on every week because it was grounded I certainly wasn't buying comic books because they were grounded I pursued all this stuff because of the fantastic the fantastic elements is what always has appealed to me. I get very much so in, in, in the sense of the best grounded character maybe I've ever encountered in cinema is Luke Skywalker, the kid who on some desolate planet was more relatable to me than any teenage superhero because he had hopes and dreams and was being held back by the restrictions of his life. Uh, you know, it, it really wasn't, you know, uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru that were dropping the hammer on him. It's, it's he, he was on an ugly, limited De desert planet and his options were very limited and and like so many uh you know let, let, let's kick it over keep keep the pop culture going uh poison had a giant hit in the late 80s called fallen angel and the lyrics were win big mama's fallen angel okay and and the fallen angel especially the video is terrific she's coming in from to Los Angeles taking the bus from Kansas where she's going to make her dreams in Hollywood. And of course, you know, the downside of the video and the song, if you've seen it, is she becomes a stripper and gets, you know, doesn't realize her dreams. So Mama's Fallen Angel did not, in fact, win big in Poison's video of their giant hit song, Fallen Angel. Uh, Brett Michaels, you're welcome, you guys, giving you that awesome Poison revisiting. Great video, great song, by the way. Uh, but, but Luke Skywalker... Like the girl in Fallen Angel, just wants to get on the bus and come to Hollywood. His version of Hollywood is join the rebellion and get off that desert slash Kansas existence. 
And I got it. The longing of him looking into the twin moons, twin suns, whatever that was he was looking at in 1977, and the idea that he's never going to get out of here. And then suddenly, to get out of here, they got toasted and killed and destroyed, and he escapes with his life and off with crazy Ben Kenobi to save the universe. So I get it. That was grounded. That is grounded. Well, I love that those rules are changing because I think now this generation, my kids' generation, they are totally sold on the fantastic. When I walk by both of my sons, who are the gamers that their father never was, um, you know, I spoiled the crap out of my kids. They're good kids. They get good grades, especially when they were younger. This is what I'm talking about. And, and I just didn't like the fact that we, we, we didn't have an Xbox and a PS whatever for. So I, I don't, we don't have any of the new stuff that everyone's, you know, um, just stressed out over the holidays trying to get their hands on. I think we've, we've passed that for now. I know my oldest son would, in fact, want a PS5, but it is not on. It's not happening for us anytime soon. We're not even pursuing it. But there was a time, you know, with these with these platforms when my kids were younger and we had two different uh big screen plasmas. I got an Xbox, uh, the latest Xbox for one, and I got a PS4 because I just couldn't resist. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But part of it was I got spoiled. I got to watch them play these games. Watch. I, I got to see the graphics. It became kind of uh, it, it became kind of like a school for dad. By having both the Xbox and the latest PS4, I was indulging myself as much as my kids because I would watch the graphics on whatever the latest cool video games were and the designs and the movement and the advances in technology because I felt like as I, like I could participate in this and 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 learn while they were completely entertaining themselves and and you know whether it was Halo, Call of Duty, um you know the latest Marvel games whether it was Ultimate Alliance or the latest Spider-Man Dimensions or the eventually you know the Deadpool game that came out that was R-rated that I handed to my 14-year-old and said here play this let let me watch you play this um this generation has been raised on the fantastic they are uh expecting the fantastic that is something i think they value more um than than being grounded whether that you know whether that's right or wrong um does the this, does the grounding aspect sometimes make us appreciate it more, make it richer? Of course, but there's sometimes my son is not a sniper uh, for the seals, but he puts on his headset and he becomes maybe the best sniper uh, in his virtual world at that time, and 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 he's just worried about the engagement and if he and his friends, his his five friends online, are going to be able to storm that hill and take it um, from the bad guys. So the fantastic is where they live and where they breathe. And that is what brings us back to the multiverse. Because now we have the Spider-Man 3 movie. Okay, so we got Warner Brothers doing Flash. And you got Michael Keaton and you got Ben Affleck. And then on the multiverse side of things, on the film side of things, we have now got Alfred Molina reprising his role as Doc Ock from the Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Okay, that they, they came out in 2004. Is that right? 2000, yeah. And, and so, so you guys, I mean, it, and then we've already got Jamie Foxx coming from the Andrew Garfield uh, version of the Spider-Man movies. And, and, and so it, and, and then there's rumors that Charlie Cox as Daredevil is going to be crashing the pad. But, but what it really feels like is that Into the Spider-Verse is, is kind of getting a, it opened the door for a live action viewing of this Into the Spider-Verse uh, was phenomenal in that it pulled off this entire multiverse aspect. Uh, and and they, they had a way that they grounded it too with your sad sack middle-aged Peter Parker. 
meeting Miles Morales, and then it blew it wide open. And the next thing you knew, we had Peter Porker. Okay, I remember I was I was pulling Peter Porker off the 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 the, the rack, the shelves at my comic store when I was a teenager when Marvel first launched Peter Porker. Okay, the Amazing Spider Ham, full of awesome gags, gag worthy, funny. And now he's moving around in spectacular 3D, best possible rendered animation in Into the Spider-Verse where we are getting five, six, seven versions of Spider-Man. And it works. They spoon-fed us the same way that Avengers 145 in 1975 spoon-fed us about Other Earth, Counter-Earth. They pulled it off. Maybe it was necessary to do it in a cartoon first. It was a giant smash hit. We all loved it. We all loved every aspect about it. The emotion... The fun, the sense of wonder, and the fantastic, okay? And, and, and now it seems as if, how do you follow up Endgame? You jam it full. I think every Marvel movie now, by the way, sidebar, is going to be a Marvel team-up, like a super, super Marvel team-up. Because uh, Feige knows that people just love to see everybody jam together. And, and that is a formula that I think they're going to continue to chase as the the the... The audience is more and more difficult to reach. Traditionally, as your audience grows older, they grow away from you and into other stuff. Maybe the audience that put these movies on the top is now going to go and 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 they're going to get their in, into the workforce. They're going to start dating. They're going to get engaged. I mean, you just never know that that age. And I use my own kids from eight to eighteen was when Iron Man to Endgame for my oldest son from six to sixteen. Okay. And then we've had a pandemic that have knocked these movies out of circulation for two years. It's been two years since there was a Marvel movie in the Cineplex. And we've been waiting for Black Widow and Shang-Chi and the Eternals. Okay? Well, it feels like, you know, uh, a buddy of mine, honestly, a guy who I respect a great deal, had said to me in the in the movie business at Disney, Rob, I'm going to tell you, when I when I believed that Deadpool was, was maybe a Deadpool 3, was maybe out of reach, he said, Rob, given the circumstances of the last year, believe me when I tell you, that behind the glass is is Deadpool, and that you know, and it says in case of emergency, break this. And he said they're going to get to that place. He goes, the X Men are behind that glass too. And I kind of see what he was saying now. He said this to me six months ago, and you can see it now. I think they don't want to take any risks. They want your full and total uh, attention span. They want to command your attention in a way that maybe it it hasn't been before. And by putting Alfred Mulaney, Doc Ock from the earliest blockbuster Spider-Man films, and now uh, Electro, Jamie Foxx, which we all kind of hoped would have been better from the Garfield Sony films. And now Marvel-Sony in conjunction could be possibly giving us, if the rumor's true, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, you know, and Tom Holland in one movie battling across a universe of of Marvel films. And, and this is exciting. How do you not get excited by that? It is ultimately tickling every element of the fantastic that we uh, enjoy and that, that 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 completely draws our attention again that we've seen in in more niche things like Star Trek and niche things like Doctor Who I mean the JJ Abrams the biggest most successful of the Star Trek films you had you know the time travel aspect uh, with with young Spock addressing old Spock I mean so we've we've had in giant commercial, uh, the most appealing versions of these films. We are mashing this stuff up. We are making this possible before our eyes now. And it works. When it's pulled off and it works, you get it. And the possibilities are endless. You guys have no doubt seen some of those great... I mean, the Photoshop that, that, that these artists are capable of doing now is just nothing short of spectacular. There's that scene 
in uh, Into Darkness, the, the, the Star Trek sequel by J.J., where they have Khan behind the clear glass uh, prison and both Spock and, and, and Captain Kirk are addressing him and, Spock and, 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 and Khan is behind the glass. And you've seen those, those awesome photoshop renditions where it's darth vader that they're talking to instead of khan and you've seen like shots of the enterprise engaging star destroyers and it's so good and it's so well done you're like hey the star trek and the star wars universes have mashed up wow and uh i'm telling you right now that the multiverse stuff it turns us on because it's the way you can put the mandalorian next to deadpool it's the way that you can you know, put Star Trek in a Star in a, in a in a Star Wars universe. It's the way Superman can battle Spider-Man as he did in 1976. Treasury size mega edition of you know Superman versus Spider-Man that I love and I adore, and I think it's one of the best comic books ever. That's how you get it. You get there via the multiverse and and into the Spider-Verse. I, I think we're gonna look back and not even realize how important that was in knocking that door down blowing it wide open because you're not getting the Keaton Affleck, you're not getting the Maguire, Garfield, Alfred Molina talk without Into the Spider-Verse being so damn successful and beloved and beloved. I mean, I'm sitting there. I was fortunate enough because of Deadpool 2 to go to Critics' Choice Awards, Golden Globe Awards, and in the in the year of Into the Spider-Verse, because Deadpool 2 was up for awards, um, I am talking with Lord and Miller, the producers of into the Spider-Verse. I, I met them a few years earlier. Um, Aditya Sud, who's now running their company, was a producer on Deadpool, and he introduced me to those guys in the summer of 2015. They have done the 21, 22 Jump Street movies, and they um, have, have been responsible for so much amazing entertainment. And of course, they filmed an entire solo movie that, that, that Disney freaked out because they were uncertain about their vision and put in a box and, and hired Ron Howard to come and reshoot it. But uh, in the interim, in, 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 in the meantime, they produced Into the Spider-Verse. And they were, you know, they didn't know they were going to start winning every award for it that night at the Critics' Choice Awards. But in the, um, out, in the outdoor kind of entertainment area with the drinks and the snacks and the cake and the ice cream, I was hanging out with Lord Miller congratulating them on what was just a phenomenal phenomenal piece of entertainment with Into the Spider-Verse and they couldn't have been nicer and couldn't have been kinder and even as they went on their tear eventually winning an Academy Award have we forgotten they won an Academy Award before Marvel Films proper before the MCU won an Academy Award Sony with their Into the Spider-Verse produced by Lord and Miller won uh, a freaking Academy Award so as a result of Into the Spider-Verse kicking down the door and winning Oscars and acclaim and 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 just crushing it at the box office, uh, you know, it's kicked down the door for all of these multiverse ideas that are now, you know, flooding our airwaves, our Twitter feeds with, with news of, of how many different versions of X, 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 Y, and Z they're going to be. Now, even, even uh, Deadpool, for instance, at the end of Deadpool 2, when he takes Cable's time travel device and he fully goes on a multiverse run there, he jumps back into 2009 and, 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 and kills his, his 2009 Wolverine Origins version of himself, the what we call the Baraka Deadpool with the two long swords coming. The, 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 and when I mean too long, they, they shouldn't, if they recoil, he can't move his elbows and the weird sewed up mouth. He, he shoots that version of himself. And then he completely breaks how many fourth walls going into Ryan Reynolds' den office himself and blowing Ryan away before he can be Green Lantern. We have multiversed this now. Deadpool has the device. He's broken through. It would make... make absolute sense for that dial to drop him straight into the MCU 
And that is just, I'm sure, one idea that has been discussed in the way that Deadpool can crash the party and obviously bring Josh Brolin as Cable and Zazie Beetz and, and uh, Marina Baccarin as Vanessa with him. There is that, 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 that entire ploy has been set up perfectly in Deadpool 2 to, to get a character and the X-Men and all the Fox characters if necessary uh, because so many of them have um, 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 you know interacted with Deadpool. Colossus crashed through and there you've got it. I don't know if that's how they're going to do it. It would be the simplest way to do it. It's clearly going to be driven by Doctor Strange because the you know ancient one breaks it down in Endgame, all the different strands, possibilities, endless you know counter timelines. Look, it's been set up. The audience loves it. This is where it's going. I'm I, I'm going to tell you as a kid. Every summer, the Justice League of America would team up with the Justice Society of America. The Justice Society of America was all the older. Silver Age versions of the Justice League called the Justice Society, but you had an older Hawkman, an older Superman, and and a much older uh, uh, Flash and Green Lantern, and and they were even different identities. And and this and and but 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 DC wanted to publish a, a comic book with them, the Justice Society. Uh, at one point, they called it the All Star Squadron. But but these versions of these characters. DC didn't want to abandon it, and the way they justified that there could be two, you know, how do you make it that there's an old Hawkman and a young Hawkman? They very easily explained to you that there is an Earth 2, that there is another Earth called Earth 2 in the DC Universe, because our primary, uh, basically the Super Friends Justice League version that we're used to, is on Earth 1, and then Earth 2 is this older version where they did battle in World War II, and the aging makes sense. And along the way, you guys, there was Earth-3, there was Earth-X. Um, th th they did get a little drunk on multiple Earths, okay? So, which then, as I alluded to earlier, somebody said, we got to fix this. I didn't think they needed to fix it. I understood it. Every time I saw the Justice Society or the older, um, you know, uh, uh, Green Lantern. I understood he was from Earth 2 coming over. They would even come through a dimensional portal to visit the Justice League and sometimes the Justice League would go to them. It was June, July, and August every summer without fail my entire childhood. At least 10 of these things and it goes way back. I think the first time they did this was 1963. I think it's Justice League number 21. Uh, perhaps the first time they met and got together and started jamming and it became a regular thing to where the Justice Society or the Justice League would cross over, go through the transporter because the Justice Society had it, the Justice League on their satellite had a transporter, and either they would go through or they would come back. And then later on in my childhood, they decided we need to start adding to these. We can't just do the Justice League and the Justice Society. We need to add the Legion of Superheroes from the 30th century in DC's future. We'll do a crossover with them. We'll have our World War II era Justice League called the Justice Society meet with the modern-day Justice League, whoever that was at that given time in 1979 and 1984, whatever time period, and go to the 30th century to meet that version of the Legion of Superheroes. Or then we'll have them go to Apocalypse and meet the New Gods, where they would team up with Orion and Mr. Miracle and Big Barda and Light Ray and battle Darkseid, who had teamed up with villains from Earth 2. They were Justice Society villains. Or they would all battle Gorilla, you know, Gorilla Grodd. I mean, Whatever uh, adventures that they wanted to do were made pop possible by virtue of the multiverse. And it was the most exciting the Justice League was every year, whatever calendar year, when every summer the big inevitable 
Justice League, Justice Society crossover with, again, increasing amounts of guest stars added to it. So it was getting to be three teams. Um, it was made possible because you understood the multiverse and the DC rules and they spoon-fed you very successfully. Did it make a great story to crush it all down and to destroy all the different worlds because there was a bad guy that figured out they all needed to be dest destroyed? I guess. I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I think I think they lost something very truly special. Currently, I am watching His Dark Materials on HBO, second season, where they are really leaning into everything they were leading up to in the first book in the first season, where now you've got a character from one world and another character from one world meeting in a third world. And, and, and in the opening of season two, His Dark Materials, they did a great job of explaining that Lyra had her own world with Oxford and the boy came from a different world where Oxford was different in languages and words meant different things, but they were meeting on a third world. And several times the character said, two doors that, that, that share three worlds, you know, two portals. That, 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 that lead two worlds into a third world. So the multiverse is everywhere. It's right now, big budget, giant production on uh, His Dark Materials, uh, you know, which is now being properly ad adapted. Is that even a word? Adapted on, on HBO. So, so we're getting the multiverse. We're getting it in our rooms, beamed into us. The cartoons have done it. Again, CW did it. But the multiverse is the buzz. And I love it. And I love that we all get it and we understand it. And it's 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 uh it's 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 something that we're all very excited about, and it sounds like there's competing versions of these multiverse productions going on right now, as the Tom Holland Spider-Man begins to take shape, and villains across three different you know uh, uh, Spider-Man movies that, that 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 go back almost 18 years are popping up, and then over in the Flash, you're getting the 19 you know 89 Michael Keaton. You know, would it be great if Christian Bale crashed the scene too? Yeah, I mean, again, the Christian Bale, Batman, just just tying a knot on this, tying a bow on this, those were grounded and they were great. And I love the Christian Bale, Chris Nolan, Batman films. I love them for their kind of more grounded, grimy, uh, earthbound versions. But we certainly have a penchant for the fantastic. As I've said, my nephew, my 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 own boys, my daughter, they get it now. They get these alter alter dimension, other dimensional portals, multiverse possibilities. It's exciting. It's an exciting time to be in pop culture with comic books. I loved my multiverse adventures every summer in the Justice League Justice Society. I loved that the first story I ever encountered was a multiverse adventure. So here we go. Uh, let's see where it brings. By the time I load this up, there may be even more announcements. You never know. This stuff is breaking so fast. But comics and movies and, and, and TV are smashing together the sensibilities. It, it feels like every, the, all of the resistance to these big, bold ideas have just melted away. And a bigger, more entertaining platform uh, for us is, is in store for all of us. For all of us. It's great. I, Rob Liefeld on Twitter is at Robert Liefeld, the full name, at Robert Liefeld, got a blue check, that's me. The other guy squatting on my name and, and I'm good. Uh, on Instagram, I am at Rob Liefeld. Again, the blue check, so it's really me. If there's a Rob Liefeld asking you for money in a DM, that's not me, that's happened. I have to clean that stuff up, but the blue check says I'm real. At Rob Liefeld, follow me, I'm all over Facebook. I am all over social media. I love talking to you guys, multiverse, multiverse, multigrain, multigrain. You guys, take care of yourselves, be safe. Um, look out for one each other, uh, uh, just enjoy 
this holiday season as we wind down the year. Take care of yourselves and we will talk again soon. Thank <laughs> you.